0: Thank you all for tuning in to Politics, Religion, and Whiskey, the Josh Terry Podcast, brought to you by Raising Grace Studios. Uh, today, with me, I have some uh, some pretty cool folks. I'm just now getting to meet one, I know. Chris, I'm going to say your name wrong. Burrell. Bam. Got
1: I got it right. I got it right. That's Burrell.
0: Right. Uh, Chris happens to, uh, you're still a police officer too, right? Uh, uh, yes, sir. Okay. Police officer? Well, kinda. Uh, kinda. Yeah. Investigator at the Sheriff's
1: Office. That's, it, that's a difference, man. Deputy Sheriff Police. Yeah.
0: Well, you can get on my ass and tell me a nah, little bit more about that soon. I don't know the difference. <laughs> I just know I don't like y'all behind me. Yeah, with the blue lights on? Nah. Or in I'm, general? I'm not a this ever <laughs> I've never. I mean, it's never been y'all's fault. You've been behind me, but you know what I'm saying. I try to stay away. Um, and also, I have uh, Miss Sheila Melvin. Miss Sheila is an honor to meet you so far. Thank you. I uh, cannot wait to hear more of your story. Um, and then uh, I have Mr. Kevin Watkins. Uh, nice to meet you, Bud. You as well. uh, excited to hear y'all's story. Um, me and Chris uh, have been buddies for a while now. He uh, he uh, kicked my ass in cornhole. On a live radio, when mm-hmm. I first started working in radio, uh, it was it was different. Probably um, the easiest match of my life. Man, I shouldn't have <laughs> my mouth. Well, I, just, I did not know, because the only time I'd ever played cornhole with people was... where the beer, drunk in the backyard. Yeah, you're just having a good time in the backyard, and it's just really not... That's how we started.
2: There was a time when I knew when Chris couldn't throw
0: Really? Believe I was it. terrible. He
2: learned how to throw in the basement.
1: I was terrible. <laughs> we started. I think it was back in 2014. That's right. We, uh, Me and my buddy Ty would play in the yard. We'd, we'd get little – my dad and friends and all that, we'd get pretty liquored up and we'd throw out <laughs> in the yard with, with corn bags and it was fun. Well, and then we got brave enough to
0: put on a tournament – well, the the story for those who don't know, when I first started in radio, I talked shit to everybody. I mean, it was it was just my kind of my niche. I just liked doing it. I thought it was funny.
1: You
0: were a boss. The, the the people who the people who knew it was just a joke though, like you, were the best people to mess with because you could mess with me right back, and it was always this part. Like it was always funny if everybody knew it was just a joke. Like I wasn't really an asshole. Um, well, not that big of one anyway, but. Uh, Chris, somebody was talking about cornhole on the show, and I was like, "I can." I as like, "I'm an athlete. I played every sport there was growing up. I was good at most of them, very good at them." I was like, "There ain't no way some of these guys look like they do and can beat me in cornhole." I was like, "I got it. And I got it."
1: And This was right after I come off the big win. Yeah, he was on the, ESPN. On ESPN and mentioned my name and they said well this guy's from georgia and he goes
0: i could be i was like Yeah, bring that shit on and he messages me and he's like no for real i'll do this and i was like fuck yeah let's do it <laughs> i was like come on down to the station we'll do it live and everything and he did i did i went outside with him for maybe five minutes yeah. five minutes is probably giving me too much credit though oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it took me more time to set up the boards than the beach. it you. literally did there is but, we. I think we got through one commercial break. For I lost. Yeah. It was. It was. It was like back so soon. Yeah. Pretty much.
1: That's um,
0: my buddy. No, He got. I'm telling you, he wore me out. I, I don't even think I got a point. No. Nah. I don't think I did. I don't think I had a chance. And I was to trying to let
1: you get a point.
0: <laughs> well, thank you, sir. I appreciate you letting me. We do do
2: that sometimes.
0: Well, you got to people like us. You get them pulled back in. Um. Well, the reason that we we got together today is because of Cornhole. Um, you and um, someone uh, that we both know, Miss Ashley, uh, shared some of your story, Miss Sheila, and uh, and Kevin, and um, one thing that I do every chance I get is I love to honor those who have served our country. Um, as much fun and everything as I have on this show and in my life with country music with. Women with everything, it does not compare to how proud I am of our vets and of our active duty. And uh, unfortunately, um, I battled depression, and there's a lot of people who serve this country that have way worse mental issues yeah. than I could ever imagine. Um, the stuff they've seen, the things they've been through, it's been rough. Um, you're a family that's lived roughed.
2: You're not kidding
0: And... Your story is one that I think if someone hears, it's uplifting Um how now you're helping um, to where you come from a bad place. I'm always about when you take the most negative things in life and you find a way to make it positive.
2: That was the worst day of my life when my son passed away. But the proudest I've ever been was when he served this country. Yes, ma'am. I come from a long line of vets and— um, my son was a soldier. That's what he did. That's what he lived. That's who he was. He was a soldier. And um, when he decided to go into the Army, we we come from Air Force and Navy, and he decided to go Army because he wanted to go head-to-head. Yes, ma'am. And um, I was real nervous about that, but that's what he did, and he was good at it. and. Um,
0: when did he uh, When did he enlist?
2: He enlisted in two thousand one.
0: How, how and old was
2: he? He was twenty two years old. Twenty two. Okay. Twenty two, and he served for eleven years. But he served from the year two thousand five to two thousand six over in Afghanistan. Okay. And in two thousand seven, when he came back, um, he suffered. Um, he had traumatic brain injury. He had um, lived through a couple of rough incidences over there he had a suicide bomber um, uh, detonate against his his uh, humvee mm. and knocked him out of the turret and caused some brain injury and then he he was a spotter on top of the um, he was a gunner and a spotter and he detected IEDs and that was his job and he had a, a IED detonate on uh, one of the the Humvees that was right behind him and had some casualties from that. Mm. But um, when he came back, he just was different. And he he really, um, the nightmares were terrible. Uh, we would wake up and he would just be screaming in his sleep of, uh, I'm on fire, I'm on fire, all kinds of different things. He just suffered. And we battled with the VA. He he went through all kinds of therapy, that you know, in, inpatient, outpatient. And he had an injury, and he tried to commit suicide in 2008. And he was in a coma for five days. They um, told us that he wouldn't come out. That he wouldn't wake up. They even told us, actually, um, that he was brain dead. They had done several brain scans, told us he was brain dead, and we needed to take him off the life support. And we did not do that. Um, My husband and I are religious. Yes, ma'am. And uh, we told the doctor at that time that we believed in miracles.
0: Take your time.
2: He granted you one. He did. Um. He did grant us a miracle. Our son woke up. They called him the miracle boy at the hospital, actually. (laughs) People came from the ER and the ICU just to see him because they couldn't believe he was awake, much less talking. Um... He had to learn how to walk all over again. He had to learn how to talk because when he woke up, um, anything that came to his mind came out of his mouth. He had no inhibition whatsoever. (laughs) And being a soldier, you can imagine his language. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) ma'am. And it came out. Um, But we had five. Five long years after that with him, but he suffered those five years um, from the nightmares and from the pain and the injury, and he was hooked on pain medication. And three different occasions, he overdosed. Mm. And on several occasions, he um, would say, Mom, I'm just going to end it all. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to put a bullet to my head. And he would he would get all wired up, and I'd say, No, Thomas, you're not going to do that. And um, so he would go to counseling, and he would be better. And he did turn his life over to the Lord, and um, he was doing very well. And then in September of 2013, he overdosed. And was in ICU for a couple of weeks and came home late September and then October second of 2013, he overdosed and um, we didn't get him back
0: i I very much hate to to hear that um, i I know speaking from someone who has uh, dealt with a suicide attempt the mental state of somebody when you're in that kind of mental anguish. Uh, mine is probably nothing compared to what your son went through either. Like I, I wouldn't even compare the two, but I know my, the little bit about mine that I've dealt with because my attempt happened in 2010. Um, it, It's where you get to the point to where it's, it's not that you want to, you know, you want to die. You're just tired of living. And it's a lot of people don't understand that. it's Your son holding on that long, being in that much pain, he he was a warrior. And there comes a time that when you – there's a fine line right here. And I I hate that y'all had to go through that. I hate that he had to suffer as well. But it seems like what y'all have made out of that – Is a real testament to his name.
2: Well, we did. um, The first year anniversary of his death, um, instead of on his death, on his following that, his birthday, um, my husband and I, because we're very big in Cornhole, um, we both played professionally, and um, we decided to do a tournament, a benefit tournament in his honor. And we decided to work with um, nonprofits that uh, work with PTSD veterans and do a charity tournament. And we did the first one in 2014. And um, we called it the Pitching for PTSD. And we donate all the proceeds that we get from that tournament to a charity that works with the veterans for PTSD. This year will be our seventh annual. This is will be his eighth year gone, um, but our seventh annual pitching for PTSD tournament. And we do that every year in honor of Thomas and all veterans who suffer with PTSD. God
0: bless y'all for doing that.
2: And um we've it's grown, we we
0: Man. contracted,
2: I think the second one that I did, we had met Chris.
1: Yeah. Um, um, Chris I,
2: came and started playing at our place. Um,
1: I was terrible.
2: Dude. He was terrible,
1: dude. Yeah, when I, when maybe, I tell, maybe there's <laughs> hope for me. That's right. when, I tell you, when I tell you I was cocky yeah. back in 2014, I played softball. And like you, you, you play, I raced yeah. go karts, and we were, nobody would beat us on a go kart track. And so. I came in, we started playing cornhole, and me and my buddy says, hey, let's put on a tournament. And we got a bunch of sponsors, got a $1,000 payout. Dude, you throw a $1,000 at a bunch of rednecks?
0: Oh, uh, no, they're coming from everywhere. So I'm
1: thinking it's just going to be local folks. Well, i tell you, my, our first tournament we had, I think, 30 teams, teams from Florida, South Carolina, North Carolina, Tennessee. And I'm like, these folks are serious. And I'm going, well, I'm putting it on, I can't play in it. So that maybe this is a good thing. So we met a lot of good folks in that, and, and the two main ones we met were uh, Joey Tatum and Sandy Beam, who were, were local, um, the Jackson, Georgia area, Tifton. They they're, they all played with Sheila with Heart of Georgia Cornhole, and they were telling me about an organization they all played in. It was called the American Cornhole Organization. And I was like, well, sweet, maybe I'll come check it out. And they go, hey, well, we got a regional event coming up next month if you want to come out.
2: Yeah, at that time, my husband and I were the only uh, ACO officials, and we put on regional tournaments every month for the ACO. And
1: uh, and so I come in, I come to the basement, and I, when I hear the basement, I'm thinking it's a bar somewhere. So I'm pulling up and I'm in a subdivision and I'm going, <laughs> what is, where, where am I supposed
0: to go here? And we are literally
1: in their basement.
2: We have a 2,400 square foot basement.
0: And there's 30. Well, when I get kicked out of here, I'm kind of come move my studio it's in there. Awesome. All right.
1: There's 30 or 40 <laughs> folks here. And so my first game, I get beat 21-0. My second game, I get beat 21-0. So I'm like, <laughs> all right, maybe we got a little bit of work to do here. And we played. Yeah, and I probably played in six or seven regions and never scored a point against these guys. And we over that the first year, time he
2: played me, he said, "I'm I, I, I got this. I'm playing against a girl. A, I got this." And so,
1: <laughs> so it we continued to play, and we noticed that I started pulling people at where we held our for that first tournament at Cowboy Bills in Millersville. I grew up in that bar. When I say I grew up, I was 15 when I started going there. I was the same way with Whiskey <laughs> River. So, and my uncle was, I was his DD, so he got me in the door as, I know I'm a cop now, but we were drinking at 17 in there. And my 21st birthday, I got in a little bit of trouble when the bouncers found out I was just turning 21. <laughs> yeah. But that's neither here nor there. But, so it we happened st- all of us, Yeah, bro. we started putting on tournaments, what we call a blind draw tournament. Thursday nights, ten everybody put in 10 bucks, we draw out partners. And we started getting a little following there. Um, we were getting 15, 20 people before we knew it. We were getting 30 or 40 people, and I would started getting them into the ACO. Well, Sheila's basement's only so big. They had two sets of boards. And to run a regional event on two sets of boards with 30 people is enough. But now I've brought in 30 more. Yeah,
2: it was it, tough. It
1: was daylight to dark and into the night. And so I, I talked to Sheila. I said, Sheila, uh, I said, what do you think about me starting to become an official and, and running tournaments in military as well? I don't want to take anything away from you, um, but I think it would be better. And so we supported each other throughout the years. And I attended – I didn't attend the first PT – the second one in 2014 or 2015. Um, I was still new to the, to the game. And then I attended the following one. And I was like, man, this is a cool story, and she actually wrote a book.
2: I did. I uh, wrote a book about
1: this whole story, and I, I grabbed the book. It, it and doesn't I, I read have
2: it. it. The first book that I wrote. Right. I, I'm working on a second one, but I just have never been able to finish it. It it just got too hard, and I'm I'm still working on that one. But the first book that I wrote is while Thomas was still alive, and I, it's called. He served, we served.
0: Is it published?
2: It is published.
0: And it's called what now?
2: He served, we served. Um, I did that tour with my son, believe it or not, with all the, the technology that we have. I spent every day on the computer with my son. Every mission that he went on, I knew about. I didn't know where or what the details of it was, but I knew when he was leaving and I knew when he got back. And I knew if he had trouble and I knew what, you know, if he'd been shot at or what happened because so. he would call and tell me, you know, on the, we talked every day and I had him and my adopted son, his best buddy, you know, one of the other them was on the computer with me. And I served that mission with those boys. And I'm telling you, you talk about PTSD. Truth. I struggle. I There's struggled. no way I
0: could have done that. It, I- it
2: was tough. Because one of them or the other would get on and they would say, you know, uh, as a matter of fact, believe it or not, I got a call one time. My my son uh, ran with special forces a few times. And uh, on one mission that they went on, they got trapped, um, surrounded. They were ambushed. And there were three of them. And they were caught in a cave. And they were surrounded. And their backup hadn't gotten there yet. And they had a sat phone. And those three, those three boys called their mothers to tell them that they weren't going to make it. Oof. And I got that phone call. And he said, Mom, this is it. He said, I just wanted to call and tell you I love you because I'm not going to get out of here. And that's when I told him, I said, let me tell you one thing. I said, you got bullets? He said, yeah. I said, you got enough bullets? He said, yeah. I said, are you safe? He said, for now. I said, who's there? And he told me. And I said, you boys better get your asses up. (laughs) I said, you hold that ground till your backup gets there. You understand me? He said, yes, ma'am. I said, get off this phone and hold your ground. And you better call me when you get back. And he did.
0: Damn. And Nobody did. motivates like Mama. <laughs> no, no, no. There's that's in any aspect. Yeah. But
2: um, I'm telling you, it was tough. That was a tough tour. And when he came back, he said, "I I, I need to go back." And I said, "I can't do another tour."
1: I think I can't do that that's tour. a lot of our veterans who suffer from the PTSD, and especially if you, you've probably watched it, uh, the Morgan Wallen video "Cover Me Up." Oh yeah. A veteran with PTSD wanting to go
0: back—that's
1: their whole deal. It's well, Chris, it, Chris Kyle, it, they uh, always want to go back.
0: Well, well one thing when you when you actually talk to the vets that deal with it, it's when they get back home, they don't know how to handle so many situations here, but they've been wired to handle handle them over there. So it it makes you, even though you're in fear for your life all the time over there, is still where you're comfortable.
2: You're because that's what they were taught. Here. He, yeah. he. When he got back, we were riding the first time we went to town. He sat in that driver's, that passenger seat, and he was constantly on the dashboard doing this. And I said, "What are you doing?" He said, "I'm looking for, for snipers." I said, "There it's, aren't any, son."
1: It's, it's. It, I hate to use the word conditioned, but in no, the military, you are exactly what it is. You're conditioned and a, um, to, to act a certain way. It's just like in law Well, if a car
2: today. would drive up, we were at a red light, and a car would get up, he said, move, move, move. And I said, what? He said, it might be a suicide bomber.
0: Yeah, and, and because they don't, they don't they, know any Because
2: they don't let cars get up beside them in their vehicles.
0: Well, it's, it's something that a lot of people don't like talking about, and that is, as proud as we are of our soldiers, the people who govern them they train them in a certain way to where they they don't give a damn about them coming home when they come home they don't care
2: they drop them off and they say go be normal
0: it's not it's in no way fair how the government how the va for the most part for how most citizens treat our veterans when they come back home, oh, it's horrible. Nope. It, it, they don't understand. And then you've got like smart asses. It's always like, oh, they'll get their stuff together. Send them to therapy. No, you go do what they did. Then you try to figure out how to well, live they again. They send them
2: home, and they send them through a, a a brief debrief, and then they send them out, and they say, go be normal. Well, what the hell is normal?
0: There's not there. There will never for these guys and and ladies. There will never be another normal for normal them. Normal
2: for them for the last year is to go kill, kill, kill.
0: Yeah, I, I don't really... This is where I argue with a lot of folks that aren't military supportive. And it's where it's like, look, these kids sign up to protect us. That's right. They they sign up to protect us. It's not about the enemy in front of them. It's about the family behind them. That's right. Is why they're fighting. So they're conditioned... To always think that way. So even when your son was back home and he's sitting there looking for snipers or he's looking at cars next to him, he's protecting your family. Right. That, that's what it is. I think it's it's the same
1: military as it is law enforcement on that aspect. The whole reason I joined law enforcement is I had a kid. Yeah. I said, I trust no one to protect my kid but me in here.
0: That's
2: right.
1: I couldn't serve at the time. I'd had, God, by the time I hit 18, I'd had two knee surgeries and an ankle surgery and I was just a wolf. I wish I would look to me like and my whole mom's side of family was military. Yeah. And so they looked to me like as a hazard at that point. Yeah. So I joined law enforcement when I was twenty four and it's still I still we go into a restaurant, I gotta look at the door. I'm gonna be in a corner. And I'm looking at every guy in that place. Is all right. Is he a friend or a foe? Well, it's hus- bad. My husband, yeah, sir, does the same thing. He does the
2: same thing. He was, he spent eight years in the navy, and then he spent the next 34 in Air Force doing Air yeah. Force duty. Yeah,
0: there's there's no way to come back from it. It's mm-hmm. there. There ought to be programs. See that there was such a bad stigma with PTSD and with mental health issues in the military That's until right. recently that. It was where you were discarded. You were. You you were. Well, you
2: wouldn't talk about it. No,
0: you couldn't. If you if you said that you had depression or you thought there was something wrong with you in the eighties to World War One, they sent you out on another mission. You were. They didn't care. For one and two, if you if you fussed about it enough, you're going to get a dishonorable discharge. Exactly. And then you're then you're screwed the rest of your life anyway. So these guys, they don't. They kept their mouth shut when they shouldn't have. It's almost like I always uh, kind of say it's how men are raised in the South. We're taught not to cry, not to let our feelings out. That's right. Okay. It's almost the same thing with the military. That's right. It's, you're looked at it. You used to be looked at as weak if you did those things. Toxic masculinity. Well, I, tu- I, yes. took, oh, yeah. I
2: took him one time. He got so wound up and so out of it that I had to order him to the car order him to the car because he got... Yeah. I, I actually became afraid of him. And and if you'd have known the relationship that my son and I had, there's no way he would ever hurt me, ever. But he he got jacked up one day, and the look he gave me scared the hell out of me. And I told him, I said, you go to the car now, and I'm pulling rank. I said... Civilly, I'm mom. I outrank you. And I said, at the time, I worked for the government, and I had a higher rank than he did. And I said, militarily, I outrank you. Get to the car. So he went to the car, and I took his butt straight over to Dublin, to the VA, and I said, get out. We're going in. I took him up to the mental health people. I told him what he was doing, and I said, you better fix him. I said, You made him like this. You fix him. Because if you don't, somebody's going to die. Either he will or somebody else will. I'd have been
0: scared to see you walk in that office that day.
2: And he pulled (laughs) out his folder. Oh, it gets better. (laughs) They pulled out his folder, and there were highlights in the folder. I said, I want to see that folder. I'm a registered nurse, too. I said, I want to see that folder. I looked at that folder, and it showed that when he returned home, he was homicidal and suicidal.
0: And they turned him loose. And
2: they turned him loose.
0: Yeah, that is, the. like I said, it is such a joke the way they get treated. It, when you get home, they're it, man, it's almost like discarding a car you don't drive anymore. It's like, you know, this is a good car for a little while. I put money into it. I took care of it while I had it. But you know what? I just don't. No. It can go off now. It's no. somebody else's problem. And it's it's it not fair. It should be where every one of our men and women that serve this country, when they get back, if there's even a 5%, a 1% chance that they have mental health issues, they are treated differently than everybody else, they should be given a job. That is, mi- that is connected with the military where they can still be supervised to where they can receive the health care that they need to receive, the therapy that they re- need to receive. There should be a list. And there's and, so many good programs out there that people don't know about. Yeah. It.
2: And now it's better. Seven years ago, oh, it, was, well, it's, it, was, it was terrible. As crazy
0: as it is, I'll tell you what happened. And there's like a lot of people that really agree with this and just because nobody knew. It was when the Chris Kyle movie came out and the book came out when they found out that this man, the military got slapped in the face so hard by the Chris Kyle story that they had to do something. They realized that this man who was, uh, which everybody serves our country is an American hero. As far as I'm concerned, they're all every one of them. But they looked at Chris Kyle as a hero of heroes, and they let someone who protect who wore the uniform that served this country end up pulling the trigger on Chris Kyle. They knew right then this is going to make a, there's nobody going to join the military after this.
2: Something had to be it done. It had to. It had
0: it to. Had to be it be done. had to be
2: done. And, and that's one of the things that we've been really fighting for all these, and I've always made sure that whenever we turn our proceeds over, I absolutely make sure I said this goes to the PTSD.
0: I've I got some people, uh, Mr. Kim Bohannon. I'm sure you're listening, Kurt and Renee. They're the people who are in charge of Mission 22 for Florida and Georgia. They've been in here. Um, I would love for y'all to meet them. They, yes. they are so. I wouldn't can't, mind them can't, coming can't, out. Oh, they would. Uh, Mr. Ken lost his son to this. So, lost his son a couple years ago to this. And uh, he, he is a wonderful individual. He does a lot of our events that we do. Mm-hmm. He comes and hangs out. He sets up a booth, talks to people about his son. Um, just all kind of stuff. I would love for y'all to meet. Yeah. We, uh, well, I,
2: I wrote the book just because right. I wanted the story to be told about. This is what both day day. families... And soldiers go through. I wanted to tell the story of you know, not only do the soldiers serves, the family serves.
0: Absolutely. And, and
2: I wanted I wanted you to see what he was like. I, I took it from the day he was born to the day he got back. You know, this is this is his life. This is how who he was, what he was, how he was. He was he he was some He mattered,
0: absolutely, did. He mattered. Yeah. Well, it's—I'll tell you one thing, and it, this is—I I told you all. I always try to see the light in something. Okay, it, it's one of the things that I have—I have read so much on depression since my attempt. I have tried to learn. I have took what I think works for some people, and I've discarded stuff that don't doesn't work for others, right? But I'll tell you one thing for family members and people that are left behind when you lose somebody. It's what you're doing right now. One day and it and it might have already hit you before and you just don't realize it, but it's it sucks what happened. There's never a word that you can say to describe the family's pain. No. But then there no. is. But think about it like this. If by losing your son was a soldier, he was a warrior, he yeah. would have gave his life for his brother in arms. Yeah, he would've. Okay. What if what happened to him? Was for you to write that book, for you to do what you're doing now, and it saves one oh, of his absolutely. brother's life.
2: That's right. And and Thomas that's, would no. have Thomas even even during his multiple depression, he was constantly, Mama, we got to help this veteran. Mama, we got to help yeah. them. That's my brother. That's my that's my sister. You know, we we need to do something to help them. He was constantly worried about the other vets. He didn't worry about himself. Yeah. Yeah. He worried about the others.
0: That's how you know he was a good man. <laughs> sure. now that's, uh, regardless of the serving the country is always going to be something to put you up there, but that mindset right of there helping of helping others. Uh, he he was in. You know he was what he was supposed to do. Uh, it, it's so hard when we lose somebody like that. But if you find the light, and that's usually so hard to see. it, oh, it, it is. It's is so hard to yeah. see, and I, I can't. I can't imagine. You know the fact you are strong as hell. The, the fact that you know we had heard a lot from his son that's sitting here with us, but the fact that y'all are, are 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 here, and it seems like you have a grasp on anything, everything, and it seems like you're helping give back to others. It's you know, it's a it's a testament.
1: It's, it's a real testament. It's growing each year, and I said I read her book. And uh then I got bold enough to ask her about it. Um and she was very open like she is today. And I said, Man, we got to we gotta do something to make this grow each year and I asked to help. So we brought the next one to Milledgeville, the third mm-hmm. annual or fourth, I think. No, oh,
2: it was the was it, it th- was the third. The third third. Annual. Third and fourth.
1: Third and fourth were in Milledgeville and fifth and sixth were in Byron. Byron. All right, so the third annual, we uh, actually got in touch with the National Guard Armory. That's right. Um, In Milledgeville, and we got it put, in, put on there, and it grew there. And then we next year, we had it at Cowboy Beals, and it grew there. I believe
2: it was the second and third, Chris. Yeah. Second and
1: third. So it's grown each year. Um, it's getting the, bigger. The, for, the fourth and fifth, uh, the last few years, it was the Vector Center out of Warner Robins which strictly deals with PTSD, um, veterans. Um, And we've grown, raised more money each year as it grows. And I don't know about Sheila, but I think the ultimate goal is to, because Cornel is, to me, you call it a sport or not, it is the fastest growing thing in America. I
0: don't know. It's very clear that it is. Um, I mean, they're working towards the Olympics. And I'll tell you, what's
2: helped this tournament grow is I have friends, in Florida, North Carolina, South Carolina, Mississippi, Tennessee, people that we've met all over the country in this game. And when I put on this PTSD tournament, they, they come. Up.
1: I tell everybody, I said, I don't care if you show up. I put on a minimum of 20 tournaments a year. Yeah. More like 30 or 40 Some in some years we have. I don't care if you don't
0: show up for one of my tournaments. It, this is the one I if, want you at. If somebody wanted to enter this tournament, how would they go about it?
2: they just come?
0: Show up. Show you up. just show up. Show, show up. up. Pay a plus. Bring your
2: Bring your partner tell them, 50 Tell bucks. them
0: the address. Tell them the address and tell them what day it is again. We'll, we'll do it several times before we get off yeah, of here. It's going to be at we'll Macon Moose Lodge uh,
1: right there on Gray Highway behind Hud's Barn Grill. I'm, let me get you the address. I think it's sure.
2: 2217.
1: 2217
2: Gray Highway, um, Macon, Georgia, and it's on January 9th. I always have it close to his birthday, as close to his birthday every year, and it's always in January, and his birthday is January 13th.
0: Well, I'm, I'm going to come out here and get embarrassed, but y'all put Raising Grace down for a team. We'll do Where, it. And we're still taking sponsors too. Um, we get sponsors
1: to sponsor lanes, and that builds the pot. We pay out um, $500. 1000 Excuse me, a $1, $1,000. $1. Usually 500 to the winning team. I don't think one year that we've put this tournament on that the winning team has kept their $500.
0: Yeah, if bucks. they do, I'll throw a bag at their head. <laughs> no, they, <all> the teams, <laughs> they always donate the money we, right we back. We pay right. out
2: 500 300 and 200 <laughs> well, and they always donate at least part of it back.
0: Well, it's – I mean – That's what it's it's about. about. It's it's, it's not even though it's cornhole or it could be softball or whatever. You, it it always tickles me that whenever you do something like this, you really get to see the heart of individuals. Like you you, you get to like people want to give you know people play softball, cornhole, other pick me up games or whatever they want to give you a little shit like. You shouldn't you be doing something like else right now? Why are you doing this? But when it's time to help others and it's time Dude, it's, to give back to a good cause or whatever, amazing. you always get to see these people come it's, out and, and it's really get. help
1: the Cornwall community. We call it our family a family. It's Cornhole family. It's it's amazing the support with events like this, and we go support other events for benefits. How, but how big of an
0: a, area do you need to do it?
2: We have. You have to have at least.
0: At least, a forty
2: by fifty, or uh, we
0: have in the past.
1: This year is going to be the most sets of boards we're running. We got ten sets of boards, so you know, need
0: a bit, the Moose Lodge is ten sets is max. If, if I wanted to do a charity event with y'all,
2: yeah,
0: would my parking lot work? Absolutely.
2: Oh
0: yeah, Absolutely. my whole parking lot. Oh, yeah. work. Oh, and yeah, I'll come put it on. Yeah, we'll come. We'll
2: no, come no, it, run like, it.
0: when we get done with this, we'll set it up. I want to do one for y'all.
2: Okay. alright
0: I'd love to do one That'd for you
1: That'd be awesome. And, um, like I was saying, my, my goal, and probably Sheila's as well, is to one day have this a nationwide event. Same day running multiple Pitching for PTSD tournaments all going to the same cause each year. That's I, right.
0: I absolutely love that idea. So it's going it.
1: to grow. It's growing each year, and we're getting more people from more states coming in each year for this one tournament. That's right. And, it's, and, what, and what
2: we would have to do is – Right now, we started it out at a thousand dollars payout. That that pulls in people, you know. That thousand dollar payout pulls in people. But if we could get that payout at a thousand dollars for first place, and five hundred for second, and three hundred for third, if
0: I, I will make y'all a promise right this second, if Joe Biden does not shut everything down for two months, March, late March, beginning of April, I will I will help y'all cover that payout.
1: I I will
0: help y'all cover that payout. We'll set it up. Chris, you put it all Mm -hmm. on. Um, I just bought some new equipment and I think uh, with the new equipment that I just bought, I think I can help y'all put it on, on a bigger scale than what you've done. As far as, on social media, guys. absolutely. Okay. Like, as far as uh, what social media, I can set some cameras up outside. We can show. Awesome. We do live feeds. We, we can do some stuff like that. We can get some folks coming in here between matches. You know, kind of getting a little information on them, telling them why they wanted to come do this awesome. event. I can. I'd love to do something but like that. It. Would be That's awesome. Amazing. I'd love to do that. We've had old. we've had music acts at some of the at one
1: of Chris Taylor you know Chris, yeah, Chris yeah. Taylor came and buddy. played he came and played, my came played. That's, get that's my boy he came yeah. and played at the one we did at Cowboys yes he did. Right yeah, he, the he, me and him's
0: done a podcast yeah yeah, yeah we, he came and, and did some entertainment
2: at one of them
0: now, I, I can help we can set it up to where uh, even if it's not here if it's somewhere close um, that stuff like, I. I believe in the wildfire effect. It's with anything like this. It's if you're doing something for the right reasons, and you put the right people in front of you, and you surround yourself with more good people, then if you like that one little match, then it's just going to keep expanding. It's going to keep expanding. And warrior
2: is really excited in working with us on this. So we would we would definitely use them as our. We would put. The are you are you
0: lo- using a local? A uh, person with wounded warrior. how do you? how y'all get involved? I call wounded
2: warrior okay. in Atlanta, okay. and they do have a local person that's cool. coming, and they do have their. They've. They've. What they do is they send out a soldier or someone who's who's been through the wounded warrior uh, program, and they have all kinds of wounded warriors, vets that have lost limbs, vets that have been through PTSD, vets who. All kinds of things. And depending on what your charity is, they send a particular vet that has, you know, uh, been through that particular thing. Right. So we are going to get a PTSD vet okay. that's coming, and he will be able to tell his story and tell what Wounded Warrior Project does for him and has done for him and how he has been helped by the Wounded Warrior Project. And um, we have a, a a guy that um, actually built some cornhole boards with the Wounded Warrior Project on That's there. Cool. And we're raffling those off. So,
0: we're going to do a lot we're of silent do, auction
1: we're stuff. We're going to do silent
0: auction. I I'll tell you, uh, I'll give y'all something to do a silent auction with. Okay. It, I've got, uh, I had a couple years ago, um, one of my friends, now I, I I never got into cornhole, but one of my friends back uh, when I used to be called the Bearded Bastard on social media, I had that logo. Somebody took the BB logo and put it into a set of cornhole boards. Really? I, I'll I'll give them to y'all, and y'all All right. can auction them Sweet.
2: off. Awesome. Yeah,
0: dude, we got Let me tell you, when
1: I tell you my people come out to support yeah. benefits, my uncle, um, David, played with us from the time I started. He passed away in August due to complications from COVID. We put on a benefit for his daughter and fiancee who – Um, to help funeral costs and all that. Man, when I tell you a set of bags for cornhole, competition bags cost 40 or 50 bucks. When I said we ran a silent auction for a set of bags and they went for $500. Yep. That's awesome. I had a red velvet cake go for $500. Red which, I mean, cake. I'd pay $500 for a red velvet cake. Boof,
0: I don't blame but you. They <laughs> <laughs> but they you sure did. They sure
2: did. We've got some bags that we're going to auction off. Um, I've got a, a jersey like this coming, but it'll has got it. it be the PT. We have special jerseys made for the PTSD tournament, and I bought some extras, and I'm going to auction off one of those. Um, we've got. I've got a special set of bags that only, they're special edition bags that only were able to uh, obtain in October. And I'm going to auction those off. That's
1: cool. So, yeah. we got I, I, another I, company making bags.
0: As always, we get a set of bags that win a team. Right. So. Well, uh, no, I, anything with any of those events. Uh, I, I've been blessed in a lot of ways. Um, financially ain't happened yet, but we're hoping that one comes <laughs> real soon. But, uh, it's just being able to get around folks like y'all and everything. So, and there's people that I'm buddies with that can help a lot more than I can. And anytime that y'all need any help with anything like that, um, all y'all, y'all got to do is call. That's it. We try to put the word out and I, I talked to Ashley.
1: I said, uh, let's get with Josh. Josh has got some pool in m- at least middle Georgia, yeah. you know, if not a little so- bit. You got a few. I got Twenty thousand followers on TikTok now. I well, think, I think still, it's thirty, but you know, no, twenty-seven. Excuse me. It. We're
2: still trying to get the payout yeah. covered.
0: We yeah, I, for I, this, this year, you let you let me know what it so is. So we uh, this, even the one coming January. You just yeah, let me know
2: we, we are a little bit short on the one in January. How much do you need? I I need about three hundred dollars.
0: Covered. Don't worry that's, about it. that's so, all we need. And this, we'll, you uh, tell Chris to get with me that week. Just put raising grace somewhere, and uh, you ain't going to do that. Just yeah, we will. Well, we'll we always, oh yeah, we, we will. put everybody who supports us on. Well, them. it ain't it ain't for that. It's uh, it's just I know. Well,
2: we try to do that for the sponsors, yeah. and um, I this year I put the sponsors on the back of the shirts, but unfortunately. That's already been done, so otherwise I would put you on no, the back no, of the shirt. No, no, you're
0: fine. You're no. we, fine.
2: But we also, on top of putting them on the back of the shirts, um, we do a big sponsor board mm-hmm. that puts all the sponsors up there so when people come in they know who our sponsors are and it gives a plug for you. And Get your
1: team in the
0: tournament.
2: Get your team in the tournament. So you I'm don't all... have to pay to play.
0: So, I, still, I still pitch in on that too. No, it's a. I think what you're doing. I'll um, even I'll even do you a, a favor.
1: I'll make sure your first match is against me and my partner.
0: I'm good. You I, sure? Yeah, I'm fine. Okay. <laughs> I got. I, 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 I'm or I'll play with you and we we'll give you a better chance. No, I, don't, I ain't trying to hurt your feelings. I want you to win. <laughs> uh, no, that, that's fine. Um, I would love to do that for y'all. I, 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 I appreciate would love to. that. No, I, I appreciate what that's you're doing. That's awesome. Uh, it's all about, like I said, it's. I had a guy that was in here last. Wednesday. Every win- every other Wednesday, I do a suicide prevention meeting here.
2: Yeah, that's what Chris is telling me.
0: I call it the still riding sessions. I don't record it. Uh, it's not monetized in any way. It's just people coming that have been through it. Our family members been through it. And it's just to talk. And it's just so you know that you're not alone. Right. That's right. it. I
1: told you, I said, Sheila, you'd be excellent if you felt like it to come up one Wednesday and speak to these
0: folks. Yeah. You're an inspiration. I'd, I'd not, be glad
2: to do that for you.
0: I'd love anytime, for you to, any time, any, whenever you feel comfortable. Whenever you feel comfortable, uh, it's we we usually have you know we've had as low as one person come and me and them sit here and talk for an hour. We've had as many as probably 10, 12 people come, and that's something well, that well, my and grow husband too. and I, oh, like yeah. I said, cornhole,
2: it's, cornhole was my saving grace along with my husband. If it hadn't have been for him, you know, my son and I were like this, is and. That was the worst thing that has ever happened to me in my whole life. I don't think there will ever be anything that will be worse. It's
0: incredibly funny that you use that phrase because my daughter is my saving grace. Uh, Her name is Gracie. Um, When I tried to end it all in 2010, uh, a couple months later, once I got out of that mindset and I saw what it did to my friends, my family, or whatever, and I acknowledged that there was something wrong with me. I turned to the good Lord, and I am not an example, et cetera, goes as a Christian, but I am a Christian, Jesus Christ, my Lord, and Savior. And the second that I did that, I kid you not, when I decided that I was not going back down that road and told God, if you need me to have gone through this for a reason, if my pain had a purpose, show it to me. Gracie was born nine months later. Right that Within a year of my suicide attempt, when I decided that I didn't want to live this way anymore, that there was something bigger
2: than yourself that that
0: I had that I needed God to show me, He gave me my daughter.
2: That's right.
0: And and I'll tell you this now: and Sheila,
1: I hadn't told her this before, but when did Kevin come live with y'all? About two,
2: three and a half years
1: ago. Sheila was a different person before Kevin came to live with him. You see a different light in her eyes now that he's there, and it's because way different. Yeah, he was he was a bad (laughs) looking youngin. I ain't gonna lie, I had some horrible problems. Um, But I think that was, and he looks just like his dad. He (laughs) he is a
2: spitting image of his dad, and so I think that brought her. Sounds like him, talks like him, acts like him. Apple did not fall far from the <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: tree. Yeah, we do have the same sense of humor. We really do. He was a really funny guy.
0: He, do you remember him much?
3: I, I very do much do. Um, I'd say my earliest memory of him was me like running into his house, and it was when he went and he lived in the house right by ours. Right. That's my earliest memory of him. I walked in, and he's sitting there just playing the Xbox, and I went and I hugged him. And he would always tell me these, these hilarious stories from uh, the war, and everything and he and I never even knew that he had problems going on behind him because he would just never show them to me. He was always happy around me. The only time I ever knew something was wrong with him is when I went to go wake him up morning. I was like, "Daddy," and I'm pushing on his chest, and he just grabs me by my throat, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry." And that's when I knew something's wrong with him. But I, you know, as a kid, I ignored it because it was uh, a lot bigger than me. I didn't understand it. And towards the end, before you know, he killed himself, Uh, he would always be arguing with my stepmother. And, like, he would tell me to go sit out in the car, and I, and even through the car, I would just hear them screaming, yelling at each other at the house, and, like, she would just drive him insane. He'd go down to the store, and he had quit smoking, but every once in a while, when she just got to that point, he would go buy a cigar, a cigarette, How you? smoke it. I was round seven. How do you months. know? I'm 15.
0: You'll learn women have that effect on you the older yeah. you get. Well, it's,
1: just, it's not just
0: PTSD.
3: It's uh, in No, sir. I, 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 hate,
0: I hate to tell you. you hey, you're you're so, going to have a very long, happy, wonderful life. That is one lesson you need to learn now. That will fix you, Miss Sheila. But women will make you do some shit you never thought you were going to yeah. do again. Or you would ever do. Uh, absolutely.
3: But yeah, my stepmother, uh, she was a... Uh, Different type of type of horrible woman. I, I personally believe that she's the reason. One of the main reasons that he's gone now. And you know, when you're eight years old and you're getting ready for your dad to come pick you up on a Wednesday to take you to tr- scouts at the church, and you get your stepmother at the door telling you your dad's dead. What are you? What are you going to do? You yeah. know, I'm kidding,
0: I, I'm telling you though. I, I hope you know how strong you are. Dude, I I? I mean, I, there's. I couldn't imagine being eight. I was
1: thirty-one when my dad passed, yeah. and it killed me at thirty-one.
0: Uh, my dad, I, I shit you not, he's he will he'll outlive all of us because he's just you can't hurt him, and he should have been gone several times over. But you can't hurt him. We we were with Mission Twenty Two we went on a motorcycle ride. I don't ride, but he he did. Or it was some organization like that. and there was a, I was following in my truck. There was a wreck. And I jumped out of the truck. They stopped traffic. You could not see who was in, and was in the wreck. I ran, and my fat ass don't run no more. I ran length of two football fields. Got to an air, and he's fine. It wasn't him. But in that time, walking back to the truck and walking there, when I thought something had happened, I, it would have crippled me. And the fact that you are – what seems to be a very well functioning young man he wasn't
2: thanks
0: when, to this woman right when here when he early. came
2: when he came to live with us at the age of 12 from 8 to 12 i didn't care about anything he 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 was in bad shape he he wasn't allowed to grieve a lot or to talk about his dad a lot and he had severe anger issues he was angry at everybody, at God, at everybody on earth, at, at himself, at everybody.
1: And I see a different in him just in the past two years.
2: And when he came to live with us, we did a lot of open I, I have pictures of his dad all over my house from yeah. the time he was a baby till the time he died. Um because I want people to know my son. I want to know he Absolutely. lived, he had a life, he we, you know, he's still part of our life. And that's what I told Kevin when he came to live with us. We will talk about your dad because he mattered. He mattered. He did absolutely matter. And um, he, to me, he's not lost because I know exactly where he is. Yeah. I and I know that he lives. He just doesn't live here. And and that's what I tell Kevin. Well, he, I,
0: I really, I even hate that term "lost." Right. Like when you're when you're talking about somebody that's gone. That they might not they're they're not
2: they're not any lost. longer
0: with you physically. Right. But they're not oh, lost.
2: They're not lost.
0: Yeah, yeah. I know
2: where he is. Yeah. I know where he lives. I've he heard, just doesn't live here.
3: I've heard things go bump in the night and I know it's him probably. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I, I promise you, it's um a soldier's mentality, I will guarantee you that if you've heard something bump, if you've heard something or dodged a wreck or something was fixing to come out and run into you or any type of way, I guarantee you, if you believe in angels, that that's, that, him. That, that's him. That's him. I, was, yeah, I, I don't <laughs> – once a soldier, always a soldier. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. And that's what he was. He was a soldier.
3: I think, threw, he, uh, I think he threw a stuffed animal at me one morning. I, <laughs> I, 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 I swear, I, swear um, I had my buddy over and uh, we were sleeping in my room and I was asleep. And then I, I had like this, uh, I had this little stuffed animal was a panda. And it's its like someone just threw a baseball, uh, threw like <laughs> it was a baseball, just hit me right in my face. And I, I shoot up. And my friends over there, he's just passed out cold. But you'd have to be standing at the foot of my bed in order to be able to throw it at me. Like, so who who did it? Oh, yeah. I mean, and it, it had to be. Oh, I, I
2: tell <laughs> him all the time, that's your dad. I lose <laughs> stuff all. The, I know I put it one place, and it'll be moved. And I tell him all the time, Thomas, because he, he was a practical joke. He loved
3: person. to scare me. That was his favorite thing. Well, to
0: then to scare me. Then, yeah, then that's what it's got to be. I, I, I don't know. I, I think that we all oh, get the spirits. Yeah. Um Y'all probably hadn't had a chance to listen to any other podcasts or anything, but one thing that (laughs) I I know you do. One thing that I tell everybody when we get on subjects like this is I believe there are warriors and I believe that there are preachers. I believe that if you have faith in God, that's right, that you are one of the other.
2: That's
0: right. I was never meant to be a preacher. I was meant to live my way, my life a certain way and when I talk to people about my faith, I was meant to talk about it from a warrior's perspective.
2: That's
0: right. And one of the things that, like I said, I believe with the the warrior's mentalities perspective and all this stuff is if I believe in everything that I say, then this makes sense. Some people won't get it, but you're given a chance that once you, once you pass on that, you can either live like in the third dimension or you can go on to heaven or hell. Right. And I, I believe there are a lot of people. When people say guardian angels and stuff like that, there's
2: a spirit world.
0: I think that they're still hanging around, and they don't move on because of their mentality that they had when they were living until the job's took care of.
2: That's right.
0: And I, I would, I al- agree with that. I would almost a hundred percent think that any time something weird happens or whatever, I would think that's what it was.
2: And and we know that you leave this world with the. With the things that you've learned, with the mentality that you've learned, with your sense of humor, you're going to be the same person that you are where you're going. It wouldn't
0: make sense that or you live. Wouldn't it would not know one it, way and died it, or another. It, it, That's it would right. not make sense.
2: So, and he had such a joking person that, that was just him. He was a practical joker. And
0: the
3: devil could be right before him and he'd be like, hey.
0: <laughs> what, uh, do, do you have any aspirations going into the military or anything like that? Well, yeah, I've thought about it because they asked me
3: about what I, what I want my career to be all the time, and I often do think about the military. Uh, following in his footsteps, army. They told me to go into the Navy. She doesn't want to see me. become. Dude, you down. need
1: to
0: go to the Air Force. That's where all the women are.
1: Working desk
3: job.
0: Yeah,
1: Brian, <laughs> <the> Air Force. <laughs> no, 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 no.
0: no. Uh, I'll tell you this as someone who was not in the military, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart with all due respect towards everybody in your family that was in the military. If you have it in your heart to do it, do it. If you're doing it because your family did it, don't do it. I, and I, I just made, that's I did,
2: exactly right. You yeah, have the to right have that right, mentality
0: going into that. That's in, the right
2: advice. Well,
3: the way I see it is, I hate terrorists. <laughs> I, I good really, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I think about getting to go over there and give them at least thirty years of payback that they deserve. That that makes me happy.
0: Uh, I, I I would I agree with you Forgotten God country. You yeah, know. it's just there's a lot of people. Uh, Especially with in the age of social media now, uh, that you so that you see that you see people who signed up for the military because their family was, and then they get to do it and they hate it. And then once you're in, well, they're you're not in, built for it. Yeah, you're not built it's for a, it. I'm telling you, it's you a know,
2: special it's, breed. It's, it's well, a the money's not bridge. enough for them. It's
0: no. a, it's the, a the special only breed. problem
2: that well, I have with with the army is I tried to talk my son out of the army, and he was gun ho. He He, right after we went to war with Iraq, and it was right after 9-11, he signed up right after that. And his whole thing was revenge. He wanted revenge, like a lot of our veterans that signed up wanted. But Thomas, like Kevin, has a very, had a very special spirit, a very soft spirit. And I was a... I, I, as his mother, tried to convince him to go into a different branch so that he wouldn't have to see some of the things I knew he was going to see because I didn't think that his soft spirit would be able to handle it, and it didn't. Yeah. But what does Mama know? He chose that, and I supported him. We 100%. all guilty of not
0: listening to Mama.
2: I I supported him a hundred percent, and that's one of the reasons that I try to encourage you to go to one of the other branches is because of the same reason I tried to encourage your dad.
0: I wouldn't. I can sit here and tell you all day, dude, that I would have wanted to be a seal. I couldn't. I wouldn't have cut it. I wouldn't have been able to handle. I. Not just the physical aspect, but the stuff they do. If I, Uh, as an adult, as a grown ass man, I was here to tell you the only one that I think I would have been able to mentally handle is probably Air Force. The Coast Guard. Coast Guard. I couldn't, I could not have handled it. And I think that I'm a tough SOB, but I've seen, I've heard the stories. And as much as I'd love to go put one between a terrorist's eyes, I don't know if I could pull the trigger because I value life too much, and, and you know. forgiveness, and all these things that I, I've always said. That, you know, because of my faith, I know I know where I'm going at the end of the day. That's right. But sometimes you got to help people get there a little bit quicker to meet their maker. I just don't think that's my job. I I, I sit here and I Chris knows how I feel about police officers. I love them. I think that they're underpaid, they're undertrained, and then they catch more shit than they should ever have to catch in this country. But I don't like the shoot to kill aspect of a lot of things. I I want to shoot to wound, and but if I stop would, the threat, yeah, stop the threat. As well, yeah, but if I'd have done that, if I'd have been in some people's shoes and done that, I would have lost my life. Exactly, I would have lost my life. I don't think I can put be on the line with somebody else, and unless my daughter is standing right there and she's in physical harm, Absolutely. I don't think I can take a life. Um, and I think if I did, if, it if you have out. that
1: mentality, there's no need to be in law enforcement. That's whatsoever. right. That's not the We're only the reason military. I don't need to be in law enforcement. Well, well that's but, what yeah. I'm saying. Though, no,
0: no. you got. Yeah.
1: You, ha- you have to be able
0: to. You got to know what you are. You got to know. You got to know. That's it. right. There's, there's, a, there's something I always tell people, and people used to get pissed at me on radio every time I said this. You have to know your line. And it is our job as parents, as grandparents, to teach our children and our child to, to help them learn from our mistakes. I said on radio one time, I said, look, if my kid sucks at football and he's trying to play high school football, I'm going to tell him that he sucks at football. That's right. It is not to hurt his feelings, but it is to encourage him to do something else that he is good at in a different line. My mom and daddy at a very young age, they explained to me that you have ditch diggers and you have doctors. That's it. Each one of them is an honorable profession. You 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 treat them both exactly the same if they're respectful to you. I know I can sit here and talk all shit in the world. I could never have been a doctor. So there's no reason for me to act like one to, to want to go down that road. There's a lot of people that is going broke as hell right now with student loans and everything. Cause they're trying to be something they'll never not be Right. fine. If, if you, if you're cut out to be in the military, it'll be evident to everybody. It'll be evident to you roll with it. But if not, do you and you would make your family just as proud living Absolutely. a hell of a life being good at what you do.
2: And what his papa and I tell him, we don't care what you are, as long as you're happy doing it.
0: See it took me thirty Just
2: pick
0: it. It took me thirty years, dude, to just figure out what it. I wanted to be. It took me thirty years because I spent from No, eight, he
2: needs to have a plan sooner than that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's, that. It took me it took me from eighteen years old. To probably 28, 29 of doing what everybody else wanted to do before I found what I wanted to it's do. It's a dodge county education. It is, dude. Well, I got the same one, <laughs> man. Shit, because I I started off by I wanted to be in law enforcement, and I couldn't do it. There was no way. I I was a I did like to going around the police officers and everything. The mentality I understood. I had anger issues. So hearing you have them, I, I had them when I was young. I had a lot of built-up shit I to. that I had to eventually address and, and let out and let out the right way. Um, there was, I would not have been a good police officer. I know I wouldn't have been. I would have been a piece of shit. When I
1: tell you that people that I – I've been in law enforcement going on 12 years. Yeah. When I tell you there's people I haven't seen in 12, 15 years, and I tell them what I do now. Yeah. They go, what? (laughs) How? (laughs) How How, how did you ever do that? Because I was a heathen. Yeah. I could have put my mom in an early grave. Yeah. Because I I was a heathen until the time I was, I'm not going to say that. I became less of a heathen at 22, 23, but I partied hard. And I did some stuff that everybody's, and I, if you, if you say you have it, you lie. Everybody has done something illegal. It's always the caught and the uncalled. Have done. And I, I still was, do. <laughs> and I was just never caught doing it. But when Ashley got pregnant with Eli, I was like, all right, now i got to find a purpose in my life. And I never thought about law enforcement until that time. And once you have a child, that changes your whole mentality in life. And I said, there's only one person that I trust in my life to protect my children at home, in my
0: community. That's the warrior spirit. And I said, it's me.
1: I'm the only one I trust to protect them. And I lived in the same town from the time I was born, minus the two years I I moved to Eastman and came back to Millersville. And until I started in law enforcement, I did not realize what we had in our town.
0: Yeah.
1: Because it's covered. But now with social media, it's not as much. But back then in the early 2000s, you never heard of the shootings we had. And they were shootings every night. And, you know, I went to high school with a bunch of folks. I think I've locked half my class up. So when they ask about 15-year reunion, I'm like, I, I see half of them. And the other half I don't speak to. Why do I want to speak to them now? I ain't spoke to them in 15 years. Yeah. I, <laughs> so, the,
0: the people I'm still friends with from high school, I'm – there's something that I didn't never lose touch with, because I feel like once you lose touch with somebody, it wasn't meant to be. Right. Like, you was not meant to be friends. Like, don't try to fake that shit. Like, That's right. It, it, it's I have like, three or four, max, I, yeah, you,
1: from high school that I hang out with still.
0: Yeah, I don't think. I, I talked to them on social media, but it was even like, I. we really didn't keep track of each other until they found out like this, and working in radio, and the stuff before Bearded the Bass. Then people to start coming back, and it's like, no, I'm no, good, Rob, bro. Where you at? I, I didn't know you when I was broken. Shit, you, you can go. Still broke, on. Can go That's on. right. <laughs> point is, point is, Kevin, do what makes you happy. What's Absolutely. gonna? I, I would imagine your dad and the rest of your family would much rather you be happy in doing what you think is your calling. That's right. Now, if you're calling the military, by all means, gung ho, go blow. Some terrible. a professional
1: game, or do that too.
3: Right. Well, see, the, the the two things that I thought about career wise that would make me happy is I've had a plan in my head where I join the military, serve for a few years, and once I get out, start a YouTube channel. Why not?
1: What? Why not? I mean, eight year olds do it. That's simple. Yeah, yeah but. <laughs> I don't do that. I don't don't got one now. You got to do toy reviews.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, before, before we end this, I would really like for y'all to mention again, the date, the time, the location, everything with the pitching for PTSD. Okay. Um, that way we can hopefully a couple more people will hear it and they'll come. Uh, and for any of y'all listen, y'all, if y'all want to come out there that day, I'll be there. Uh, I, as long as nothing comes up between now and January the 9th, I'll be there. And if something does come up, I'll steal that $300. We'll, I appreciate we'll, that. No, without yeah, a doubt, gonna, we don't mind. We're going
2: to be out at the Macon Moose Club in and Megan Gray off of Gray Highway. It's 2217 Gray Highway, January 9th, 2021. Uh, and registration now,
0: starts, registration
2: at starts at 10. 10. Terminal Bag starts at 11.
0: fly at 11. Y'all, y'all just put me down. That way I don't have to you know, get there at 10. Yeah, I'll show I'll show up. And there
2: will be food available. There will be drink oh, do they available.
0: Cook some of the most amazing they, food. At the moose lodge. Do, do the people that are playing cook are are, are the moose lodges The moose lodge. Moose lodge cooks,
2: cooks, cook, that's where I hold They my have time. they have the most ungodly shrimp. Fried
0: shrimp. Do
1: they do oh. they do so peel good. and eat shrimp, a pound of peel and eat shrimp for ten bucks. Yeah,
2: and Seasoned fried food. shrimp too.
0: Oh, that's pretty good. There, fried dude. shrimp. Bro we too. eat good at our events it is
2: excellent um, and then they have a bar that
0: do that y'all have a, do y'all have a Facebook beer? page
2: yes Heart of Georgia Cornhole on Facebook and my my um, page is Sheila Stingle Melvin and then you can look up Heart of Georgia Cornhole
1: what's your Cornhole uh, ours is Lake Country Cornhole is it on I'd Facebook be, too oh absolutely yep. Facebook Instagram yep. Twitter We're yeah, all I don't know. do the Twitter
0: I do everything else I don't do Twitter yeah it's, it's falling apart all of it is. is. I'm Everything's
1: so, too liberal now.
0: So um, I like you already. I need a, I need, I need a
1: YouTube channel.
0: Uh, just come on in here. This studio is fixing to be, uh, with the stuff that we've got coming and moving around and everything, this will be where... Are you going to th- open it up to other people doing podcasts? Yeah. Nice. I'm going to... Uh, there's a girl coming in tomorrow that's got like 900-something thousand people that follow her on TikTok. There's She's doing a show with me tomorrow. Who's that? Uh, Kylie Strickland uh she uh she came last week and we did one last week she was yes. cool she's uh you uh, a her
1: she's gonna be in a music video coming
0: up oh yeah we actually we got that that event this friday's ours yeah, yeah. we'll uh, discuss that on here no that's fine oh yeah <laughs> but th- just if y'all are wondering raising grace is putting on an event friday night at crazy <laughs> bull december 18th y'all come out uh, trey lewis and matt mckinney um but no uh I- i'm opening it up to people that that have got a voice Nice. Um, My goal with all this is, of course, I want to make some money, but it's I want to help people, and people who have a positive message are people that just can bring a happiness to other people by hearing them do a show once a week. Absolutely. I, I'm opening it up because there's so much. It's even getting, how, Podcasts are where it's at. And, where it's well, you don't get censored. You nah. can say what you want to. You can talk. See, even when I was in radio, and I was in – South Georgia. Georgia, like number one country station in the state. Once I got there, not tooting my own horn, but they wasn't before. Oh, it's- they were while I was there. It's because I didn't care, and I promoted police officers. I promoted military. I did the Red Friday thing, and even when you got we, sister-
2: we believe it or not, in this area started that Red Friday. Really, we mm-hmm. did awesome. when my son was um, um, deployed. That was one of the things we started red shirt Friday and, um,
0: remind me if I got one in y'all size, I still got some of our red Friday shirts in there. I'll give y'all one.
2: That'd be awesome. Well, I've got them. Yeah, mine's small on me
0: though. Uh, If I've got some, I think there's some (laughs) laying around in there somewhere.
2: We started that and got the base going. Um, and when he was deployed, that was, I had a, I had a guy
0: and I miss him so much. His son's deployed right now. Uh, and their units, they called the Skeeters. He used to, he knew what time I got to work every Friday. He would come in and bring me a biscuit or whatever every Friday morning. He brought me a shirt from his son's uh, um, unit yep. that I have um, and some more stuff. And it, it pissed me off that you do, like, you're in Georgia. It just should be any state, anywhere. But... You can't support the people that deserve supporting, because but you may hurt somebody. Because you may feeling. hurt somebody's feelings. There's not any feelings that are going to get hurt here that are gave a shit about. If you get your feelings hurt because we're supporting the military or whatever, turn the damn channel. Go to That's California. It. Yeah. Well, I
1: tell you, dude, <laughs> it, you saw it from a different side than I saw it when when the radio station that shall not be named <laughs> let you go.
0: All right. Man, the backlash they got. they were, People were pissed, man. No, they were pissed. Well, it's just, you know, it's cancel culture that we live in. Absolutely. That's right. That's it's right. cancel culture. But the thing is, is I took that and I was like, you know what? This isn't God's plan for me. Okay, it, It's crazy. I swear if I could go back and pull the post up and I, I'm just not going to pull the thing up. I got fired on my birthday, September oh, wow. the 10th. The last thing that I said that day, if it was not God, I had made a post about being where you're at in life for a reason. If you're struggling right now, it's for a reason. Stop thinking that it's a bad life. It's just a bad day. Like you will get through this shit. Suck it up. Keep pushing. Keep fighting. Your story's not over. It was the last thing that I read on radio. And that whole day, there was nothing. but kids calling in, telling me happy birthday, Mr. Josh, all this stuff. Social media that day for Y96 blew up. And then when I got fired that day, like I got called while I was getting a tattoo. I started getting my sleeve and my chest piece done that afternoon. I was getting what I have wanted for years, the armor of God tattooed on me. And if that was not God telling me that, yeah, you're going through some shit right now, but this is where you're supposed to be. That's that. right. My like kids are still pissed you're not on there. There's a lot of kids that are well,
2: still
0: pissed. Their bank years account old. over there is pissed that I'm not <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, I'm 60 years old, and I've said I've been through some stuff
0: yes, ma'am. throughout
2: my life. And I can tell you that everything that happens to you is for a reason.
0: Damn right it and, is. And,
2: you know, the passing of my son was the worst thing. But, and like my husband and I say, you know, we have a new normal. Nothing's ever going to be the same as it ever was. Nothing will ever be the same. Yeah. It's just different. Yeah. And you have to take that different and make better.
1: Now, if the Absolutely. money we if the money we raise every year saves one veteran, that's right. That's all if just, if We've done just our job. Saves
2: one, yeah. and I know that if I would sit down and have a conversation with my son today, and I'd say, "Okay, buddy, don't you want to come back?" You know what he'd tell me? Nope. Oh hell no, mom.
0: Man, you know you know what's he, cra- he would know <laughs> that he he made a different kind of sacrifice. You, that's right. You know what's crazy about that guy that was in here. Last week, the guy who lost his sight, that was a professional YouTuber, all this stuff, lost his sight. He told me and everybody else that was in here, I turned to the page. I shit you not. I just turned, I just just turned to this page and did not mean to. But he said, uh, He said this. He said, When it happens to you, it's really happening for you. That's right. I agree with that. That's what's happening in life. He said, if it's happening to you, it's happening for you. That's right. And he said, if you told me right now that I could have my sight back, I would tell you no because it's not God's plan.
2: That's right. I wouldn't have this wonderful young man. I would not have the opportunity to give him the life that he deserves. And he had a really bad life. He did.
0: Well, you got some more family now too, kid. You can come around here. You want to get into YouTube and stuff. You you come you, here, start your own podcast. I, I, <laughs> I
3: can help you. I don't even know how people do the whole TikTok thing. I've, I've seen it. Wait, whenever they uh, you can't bought, try. whenever they bought musically or whatever and made a TikTok. I was like, what's this? Everybody just dancing. Yeah.
0: Trust me, if I can figure it out at 33, you could figure it out
1: at <laughs> 16.
0: Uh, no, if. This is this is a fan that's what we call it too. It was, I like how you said it all. This is the raising grace family. Once you come in that door, if you make an impact on me or anybody else, that door is always open. It is a phone call away. Uh, I knew within five minutes of talking to you a while ago. That's why I just told that's why I kinda of just cut y'all off. when y'all are telling me a little bit about it. I was like, No, we're just gonna start the podcast. I know where this is gonna go. And um, we've enjoyed it, man. I, yeah, I've, been, been, I've enjoyed having y'all.
2: We're looking forward to
0: January 9th, hoping to have a look. I want
1: what's our biggest turnout been? Fifty teams, fifty one. Last year we have fifty one teams. Fifty one teams. I want at least seventy. Yeah, I can put I can put that many on.
2: That was a hundred and two people we had last year show up,
1: and from five different states.
2: Five different states were represented every, last week. Every
1: state surrounding Georgia. I I will help y'all get more than that this year. So y'all y'all come on, it's fifty dollars a team. Yeah. People spend fifty bucks on stupid stuff. Do yeah, I?
2: It's stupid 50, stuff. It's twenty five dollars a person. It you bring your own partner. Um so you
0: then we it, do a blind draw after that just for You for fun. it is is your job to remind Chris that next Monday for him to call me or text me. I will start pushing it for y'all as hard as i got
2: a flyer po- in the car. Uh, and I'll get
0: you, we'll get you on the event page, too. Yeah, I will help y'all push it at, as much as possible between now and then.
2: That'd be
0: wonderful. Um, I, I don't mind. Y'all, y'all are doing a good thing. Y'all are turning something that would have destroyed most people. I always say you can either let your trauma define you or you can define your trauma. That's right. And y'all you can be a victim yours. or
2: you can be a survivor.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank all y'all. I think that's where we sure. end it on some wise words from you, Ms. Sheila. But uh, thank y'all very much. Um, y'all make sure that y'all come out January the 9th. Uh, I'll be there we'll along with these fine folks helping raise money for people, our veterans who battle PTSD. Love y'all. Uh, y'all been listening to Politics, Religion, Whiskey, the Josh Cherry Podcast.